Wow, I'm really impressed with your fighting skills. I always kind of thought you may not have it in you. I know I'm a bit reserved at times, but I spent some time in the outer world. That sounds like a storefront at a space mall. You know, where all the kids used to hang out before the light shipments from Congo Principal became a thing? <sighs> I wish I had thought of that company. There were already shipping companies and companies that sold items in the cosmos, but never one that combined both into such an easy format. Yeah, Jeff Tezos really is a smart guy. I bet he can fight. He would be no match for me if I used the Shokan style I learned in Outer World. Were you serious? Oh, I'm deadly serious. It was kind of a difficult style to learn with only two arms, but my teacher was phenomenal. He worked with a guy named uh, Sung. He was a prince. I think they called him... Uh... Roses of the Red Dwarf. I really didn't see this coming. I think you could teach me a few moves? Sure. Are you uh, in the mood to wash the ship? I'm not falling for that again. I realize the ship has an auto-wash setting now. <laughs> Well, speaking of falling, I can't believe we fell into that trap by the complimentary club. More of a test than a trap. I guess Gatsby has a lot of faith in us, you know? He has seen us safely this far. Are you forgetting how many times he's nearly died? Susanna shot him. Cindy almost took his head off with that slap. I, I really don't know how he survived Dr. Gaslight's food this long. Yeah, I love the pastry chef, but he's not the healthiest culinary master. But his food is delicious. Except for the rye paper he insists on sneaking into things. Well, I think we're all out of leftovers and snacks from the Buttermilky Way. And we've got a, quite a while before we reach Tremolara. How about a Serendibite? I think we're fresh out. Au contraire. The Lazagasaurus had one stuck in its teeth. I hate to think of where it came from, but it's in perfect condition once we rinse it off. Great. You play it. I'm going to look up fighting styles I can use to sneak attack. I mean, just start it. I'll be right back. <laughs> And that's how targeting the huge delivery company that offers amazing prices and super speedy delivery could result in one in five people on Earth not having clean air to breathe. I don't think that's the Amazon we're talking about. Hmm. And we're back! Broadcasting from our studio on the pale blue dot we call Earth, we've got a great short for you today. That's right. Matt, today we are talking about emails. So this really didn't have to be a meeting? No. <sighs> We could have just done it online. Now, Ray Tomlinson, inventor of email, <gasps> someone had to, had said, I see email being used by and large exactly the way I envisioned. In particular, not strictly a work tool or strictly a personal thing. Everybody uses it in different ways, but they use it in a way that they find works for them. Email can be defined as an electronic message sent between two or more computer users. Did you know email is actually a French word? Email? Emilia. Close. Yes, all of those are probably acceptable. <laughs> it refers to a powdered glass that is fused by firing. Huh. Mm -hmm. That seems common. Yeah. <laughs> so as you can imagine, this was a very uncommon word to use. Yeah. So also the first reference to electronic mail was actually referring to uh, a fax. Facsimile. Remember those? 
Hardly, yeah. Oh, God. They had to send, like, a paper through the machine, and then it got to another office or department or something. The first house I bought, there was no electronic signing. There was no emailing. There was no scanning. It was sign this and fax it. Mm. It's terrible. The first emails were also simply referred to as mail, not electronic, not email, just mail. Uh, a single email was referred to as a message. Mm. Uh, and the British politician, Dennis Skinner, said, I've never sent an email to anybody. I believe in keeping the postman in work. Now, the beginning of email doesn't have a known starting point, per se, because it began as individual messages passed to different users, but all on the same computer. Like the same computer terminal? Yeah, like the same desktop. Uh, well, it wasn't a desktop back then. It was a room-sized thing. Yeah. But I sent a message across the room like, hey, Bill, what is it? <laughs> hey, did you get my message? Hey. <laughs> Yes. The laziest, you want to know the laziest thing I've ever done in my life? So far? Well, okay. Let's stay ambitious. I like that. Um, <laughs> stay ambitious to be lazy. Yeah. <laughs> I was, uh, I moved into our college apartment. Mm-hmm. I was upstairs in my room. It was downstairs. And texting was just barely starting to, to be a thing. Did you have one of those flip phones? Like a Motorola yeah, Razor? Yeah. The one that took, you had to press, uh, was it eight? Or no, seven. You had to press seven four times to get an S. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we had those flip phones. I don't think mine had a camera on it even, actually, at that point. Mine didn't either. Yeah, it was when just was in high school? a phone. Yeah. yeah. Believe it or not, kids, we didn't even have cameras. We had dumb phones. Yeah, really dumb phones. Mm-hmm. But uh, we we got Wi-Fi, and, uh, which was a brand new thing at the time, to mm-hmm. have a Wi-Fi laptop and everything. So I was messaging my- We're not talking about a Wi-Fi. <laughs> We're talking about Wi-Fi. No, it's different. I've had different. my wifey for 12 years. Yeah, this is I've a family show, you guys. <laughs> but we, I was upstairs, and we were messaging each other on, like, AOL Instant Message. Mm-hmm. He's like, this is ridiculous. Yeah, it's not and I went, strangers at all. I picked up my laptop, walked down the stairs. He was at his desk. I sat on his bed. I said, no, this is ridiculous <laughs> on the Instant Message. <laughs> You're like, hold on. I'm getting a message. <laughs> wait, wait, wait one second. I'm getting a message. Talk to me on here. <laughs> I have social anxiety. <laughs> Don't we all? <laughs> So anyway, this email thing started in the 1960s. Uh, it really wasn't much better than a post-it note in electronic form because, like I said, it was sent on the same computer. There were different logins for each user, but it was all there was no network at the time yet. Uh, to make matters worse, individual programmers also made individual programs, and they didn't communicate with each other very well. So sharing between programs, like from Gmail to Ymail to Microsoft Outlook, was impossible at the time back in the 1960s. Uh, and it was also impossible just to go from one computer to another. So, Isn't that crazy that we take for granted that <clears throat> we can send an email from Gmail to some other person's email system from one computer to another almost instantaneously? And we get mad if it doesn't work. And we get mad if it doesn't work. Yeah. You didn't attach that. Yes, I did. Here's yeah. a screenshot. Did you put it in a JPEG form? You're like, yes, for the thousandth time, yes. We want... <laughs> Uh, PDF for this one, too. You're like, oh, God, fine. <laughs> fine, I'll convert it for you. Jeez. <laughs> so emails only caused uh, nothing but harm and destruction and terror, right? <laughs> yeah, they were terrible. We never use those. <laughs> if we only knew what a Pandora's box it would be to just have an email system. We used to all be friends. There was no politi- political. Political. Po- political. Political. <laughs> no political upheaval. No, uh, no issues from mankind to mankind until email happened. Oh, before all the chaos and destruction, the first email sent over a network, i.e. one computer to another, was created by Ray Tomlinson in 1971. Hey, that's the guy you said quoted. It is. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> he decided to use the at symbol to denote 
that the address field indicated the message was going to a specific server, somewhat of a bank in which to insert messages. And we use the at symbol today. Yeah. Yeah. He worked for a company that we would call open source. Uh, now, that company was called ARPANET. Sounds like a Have you ever heard of ARPANET? No, I I'd not. never heard of it until I researched mm-hmm. this. Very, uh, it was kind of like the Google of its day, I think, from what I was reading about it. Yeah. They use internal messages and open access documents to collaborate with virtually everyone else at the company. And they also collaborate to allow different programs to work concurrently. Yeah. Uh, this technology also allowed, or sorry, the technology that allowed the messages in the 1970s is basically the same that we use now. Just a little bit upgraded in newer versions. Upgrade ya. Upgrade ya. Now, the Irish author and screenwriter, Sally Rooney, she said, you can spend hours editing an email, but send it as if you wrote it in a minute, much like this episode. Oh, we don't edit. I spent 60 seconds. Editing? <laughs> we don't edit. Yes, we do not, Charlie. <laughs> not edit. <laughs> Hashtag no filter. <laughs> Hashtag edit free. This is our stream of consciousness. This is live right now. Yeah. You, We're live you, right now. <laughs> you hit the play button and it ding this red light in our studio. We're like, oh, let's talk, talk, talk. <laughs> How's it going, Steve? <laughs> we know you're listening to us, Steve. Oh, you're talking to Steve. Yeah. Steve's listening. I thought I was mm-hmm. Steve. I'm just thinking like, what if like one of our listeners just happens to be Steve? <laughs> he's, <laughs> like, <gasps> he's like, this is for me. <laughs> this is this is my podcast. How does is that know? Is that you, God? I hear you talking. <laughs> 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 All right. So what kinds of emails are there? Well, there were numerous programs at the start, like we talked about. Every individual user basically had their own individual program. But in 1981, uh, a... a programming called SMTP, which stands for Simple Mail Transfer Protocol, was introduced, and it gained quite a bit of popularity, so much so that it's actually what we still use today. So SMTP is the sender protocol. That's what you use when you actually press the send button and it sends the email out. Mm -hmm. Virtually any email sent is sent from the sender's computer to another program, such as Gmail or Hotmail. Anybody still, you you ever have a Hotmail? No. No, I have one. Uh, I have no. I don't remember the last time I logged into that thing. Probably ten years ago. You probably have a whole bunch of spam in there. <laughs> if it's still alive, I don't know. They shut them down after a while. Hey, we've been trying to reach you regarding your There's no extended warranty <laughs> at this hotmail. We will cut it anyway. Um, the email is then sent. So you send it to Gmail or Hotmail or whatever program you're using. Then the email sent from that program. So say you're using Gmail, your computer sends it to Gmail. Gmail kind of stores it but then sends it to a recipient program. And that's where SMTP or uh, Simple Mail Transfer Protocol stops. Hmm. But what about IMAP and POP? You map what? I like soda, okay. (laughs) I'm talking about something different. Oh, okay. Yeah. IMAP, Internet Message Access Protocol, and POP, Post Office Protocol. Both of these are used to retrieve messages. Uh, Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. IMAP retrieves a message from the server to download to a particular device and can download it to multiple devices as well. Now, POP, or POP3, as it is in the third version, also retrieves the email to download to a device, but then deletes it from the server. Interesting. Mm -hmm. A little sneakier. Now, we also have spam, not the delicious ham substitute. Spam is an email that costs next to nothing. So advertising is incredibly popular via this email. It's estimated in 2003 around 30% of all emails were spam. That's a lot. Yeah. That's that's crazy. It's millions and millions and millions of emails that are just unnecessary. Per second. 
We'll find out in a second. (laughs) (laughs) Now, that number rose to nearly 60% in 2017. That's a lot more. And 85% this year. Fortunately, it is insanium in the cranium. Most spam senders are flagged quickly and their content is blocked or filtered, but some gets through. Yeah. Have you have you noticed on Gmail, um, it started saying, hey, you haven't interacted with this email in a while. Do you want us to block it for you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I yeah. do that all the time. I'm like, yes, thank you. Yes, yeah. thank you. I don't have to email and say unsubscribe. I mean, there's only like a handful of people that like I get regular emails from. And then the people that I don't get regular emails from, like there's actually a reason why I'm getting emailed from those people. So right. if it's like something that's like completely out of the blue that has no relation to anything else that's in the e- email chain, mm-hmm. uh, I think Gmail with their AI is able to filter that out. Yeah, it's it's a pretty good service. I think it's, I mean, you know, they're reading everything we write, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you ever been? <laughs> it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's not hey, like we carry Alexa. like a pocket mobile device that tracks our, you know, location and then what we're doing and our keystrokes and whatnot. It's still one of my favorite memes. The the kids are like, back in the 90s, they told us not to talk to strangers. And then uh, the FBI might be watching and listening in on our phone calls and stuff. And now we're like, hey, FBI, Alexa. What's a restaurant or what's a restaurant? What's, what's a, a restaurant? <laughs> well, a what's restaurant a restaurant? A place that food. What's a recipe for cinnamon rolls? <laughs> and you're like, I'm sorry, I'm busy right now <laughs> gathering data. <laughs> Do you know, I don't know if I told you the story, maybe I shouldn't tell it on there, but I overpaid, <laughs> <laughs> I overpaid taxes when I filed uh, with TurboTax. I paid it right then. And that's the podcast, and ladies then, and gentlemen. No, no, this is good. I, I paid it right then and yeah. I forgot that I paid it. Mm-hmm. And that was like two months before it was due. Yeah. Well, when I did that original payment, I scheduled it for April 15th. And then April 15th came around and there was no deposit from my checking account. Mm-hmm. And I was like, or not deposit, withdrawal. I was like, oh no, I'm going to be late on my taxes. So I paid it again. Yeah. So then I looked in TurboTax and they're like, oh yeah, you overpaid, but we can't do anything about it. You got to contact the IRS directly. I called the IRS. I was on hold for like 40 minutes. And then they said, we're sorry. We're too busy right now. Please call again later. And they hung up. <laughs> That like, sounds like it. Are you kidding me? Yeah. You're the IRS. Well, I mean, like, they're significantly understaffed right now. Well, yeah, but still, you know, I mean, that was that was a significant amount of money that is like just, I, I guess I'll have a credit next year. That's true. So, speaking of spoofing from the IRS, have you ever been spoofed? What does that mean? So, this is when a sender pretends to be legitimate by making the header of their email look legitimate. Like, someone who's not from Gmail has a Gmail header. Is that kind of like when you get an area code that you're familiar with and then you get a call and it's actually a spam call? Right. Yeah. They've routed it through another um, station, I guess, or another uh, bounced off a cell phone tower to get the area code that's close to you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This is similar to that, but email version. Okay. So bombing is another nefarious technique, and that's when they use a large volume of emails sent to an individual recipient hoping to render the email useless because the inbox just keeps filling up or they could possibly crash that particular email server. Hmm. So these are nefarious things. Please don't do this. Uh, Cyber warfare. Just be good people. That's all we ask. Now, Elon Musk, the real life Tony Stark, he said, (laughs) I do love email. Wherever possible, I try to communicate asynchronously. I'm really good at email. (laughs) Now, he's really good at non-human interaction. Well, yeah, he sent a rocket and a dude into space. Yeah. Um, now, we want to send you some fun facts. Email it. That was a good one, but no, I'm going to talk about it. Oh. There yeah. are almost 3 million emails sent every single second. Now, of those, only about 14% are important. Also, 66% or two-thirds of email are read on mobile devices and iPhone 
is the most popular mobile device to use. And on average, people own more than one, but less than two emails. So Charlie, how many emails do you have? So I have two emails. One that's essentially my subscription email. Well, I'll just like send an email out in order to get those like, you know, monthly subscriptions where I don't really want to like share too much information outside of that. And then like, welcome to Kroger. Do yeah. you have an email to sign up for our Kroger card? Yeah. That's your, that's mm-hmm. that email. Yeah. Uh, one of those emails where you essentially can just like leave it alone because it doesn't have any kind of important stuff. And then like my other email, which actually I interact with, like with work and everything. Right. Yeah. I have two like that, just like that one that is semi-professional, but also like I want important emails and then one throwaway. But then I actually, I have two work emails that are separate. Mm-hmm. Um, and we got the podcast email. So if you listeners like writing emails, we'd love to hear from you. And what is our show. email for our podcast? Oh, it is intrepidtransfer at gmail.com. That's our tagline for our, the title of our, of our podcast. Yeah. Send us a hello. Yeah. Just say hi. Yeah. We'll feel warm and fuzzy. Now, 18% of Americans check their email while driving. We don't recommend you do this, but apparently 18% of Americans already do. And over a quarter of people with access check their email before getting out of bed. Do you do that? Yeah. Yeah, I do too. Just to see if there's anything important I need to go through before I start my day. Nine times out of ten, it really isn't. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, when I was writing this, I didn't think I checked my email as much as I do, but like... I have, apparently I have this algorithm in my head that I didn't even know I was aware of, but I realized there's a pattern. I like check email, then Facebook, and then a few other things, but it's all in order every Mm -hmm. time I pull my phone out, which is kind of scary. I mean, that coincides with uh, dopamine too. So your dopamine levels are lowest in the morning because you essentially aren't being um, triggered by anything that uh, increases your dopamine level, right? Apart from sleep. <laughs> Getting out of bed and the will to live is not enough anymore. <laughs> nope. <laughs> or recipes for cinnamon bonds. Yeah. So like when you check your email, you kind of get, or social media for that matter, you get those dopamine hits. Right. And that kind of like promotes like, you know, your body starting to go into that momentum and get ready for the day. Might as well move and put on clothes. <laughs> <laughs> Interact with people, potentially. Uh, now there are nearly 250 billion emails sent per day. That's about 40 times the number of people on Earth every single freaking day. Wow. So we're in with this quote by Ryan Holmes. Email is familiar. It's comfortable. It's easy to use. But it might just be the biggest killer of time and productivity in the office today. You've got mail. And that's our short. We hope you enjoyed it. Remember, we exist within the universe. And the universe exists within ourself. We're all the stuff of stars. So have a stellar day, everyone. And thanks for stopping by our corner of the cosmos. This has been the Mid-Flight Crisis Podcast. You can support important spaceship repairs and maintenance by subscribing to the Mid-Flight Crisis Patreon page. We'd love to hear your suggestions about the show and future topics, and we appreciate your support, ratings, and reviews. This endeavor isn't possible without amazing listeners like you. Thanks for sharing your space and time with us. We'll see you on our next adventure. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Drop us a line at intrepidtransfer at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.